from the 809 Restaurant and Lounge in the heart of Inwood, New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm Aaron Sims. And I'm Jonathan Bell. And this is Live and Local. It's our podcast dedicated to showcasing the musicians of Manhattan. We talk with them about what they do, and best of all, listen to them perform live in one of our favorite local venues. Who is joining us today, Jonathan? Aaron, today we welcome singer Louise Rogers and composer and pianist Mark Cross of Jazz Wahai. Legendary jazz critic Nat Hentoff has praised Louise's work as, quote, the most joyously encouraging way of expanding the audience for jazz, end quote. Along with her release on Chesky Records, Louise has previously released four CDs on her own label, Rilo, and two jazz CDs for children. Recently, Louise was named a 2021, quote, jazz hero, end quote, by the Jazz Journalists Association. Pianist, composer, educator, and band leader Mark Cross returned to New York City in 2014 after having been a fixture on the Boston jazz scene for well over 30 years. Mark has studied with Jackie Byard, George Russell, Fred Hirsch, Joanne Breckin, and Ezra Latterman. He holds a Master of Music degree in Afro-American Studies from the New England Conservatory of Music and a Bachelor of Arts in Music from SUNY Binghamton. He has composed over 120 works for jazz ensembles of all sizes and shapes, from solo piano to orchestra with chorus. In 2015, Louise and Mark formed Jazz Wahai Inc., a nonprofit organization dedicated to fostering live jazz and music education in their Washington Heights, New York neighborhood. We are thrilled to have them both today on Live and Local. Without further ado, Jazz Wahai.
Yeah. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you both here. Uh, first, uh, would you mind telling us what you just played for us? That was Quarantine Dreams, um, written by Mark. And uh, I'll let him speak a little bit more about it. He wrote the music. I wrote the lyrics for it. And uh, it, it, uh, it came to him in a dream. And uh, <laughs> I'll let him tell you a little bit more about how he, exactly. how he, he got the idea. Uh, I got the idea by sleeping. It's when all good things happen. Oh, early, early in this whole pandemic thing, we were uh, quarantining, and it's been early April last yeah. year, and I was sleeping, and and every now and then I get a melody that happens um, while I sleep or while I dream, and I, I've I've learned that when that happens, you have to get up right away and write it down. Otherwise, by the time you wake up, it'll be gone. So I just, you know, it was like a little two-bar melody, and I just fleshed it out and wrote a teen tune called Quarantine Dreams. And then a couple of months later, um, Louise put some appropriate lyrics to it. So. It took a while to get the appropriate lyrics. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of one of our, one of our qu uh, quarantine standards. Another one, another one I wrote shortly thereafter, which we didn't play today, and I think the the um, the jazz fans and Thelonious Monk fans in your crowd will recognize it. I did a tune called mm. Pandemica. Nice. Q Q. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of loosely based on Monk's tune Pananica. So, mm -hmm. um, and I thought, how could anybody have not done this already? <laughs> we'll do that in the next show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then the second, second one. Tune. The, the second tune is um, a tune that I wrote um, many years ago. I was inspired. I was studying. I, w I was in the Boston area, um, and I, I was studying with Jerry Berganzi, 
a great saxophone player. And um, I was studying all sorts of things with him, but it was a, a very inspiring time for me. And um, I did some writing during that time. And um, I'm not really a prolific composer. I, I don't, I'm not like Mark, but every once in a while, I'll get something out there. And so this was, um, this was a tune I wrote during that time. And um, I was kind of also studying with a, a lyric writer at the time, so mm -hmm. a lyricist. So um, I was kind of starting to get my, 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 my feet wet with all that, that experience of writing and composing and, and putting your own lyrics to things. So mm. it's, uh, that was Shadows of Yesterday. Right, right. Um, well, they're both lovely songs. Oh, thank um, you. Melodically um, compelling, I think. Oh. Um, like that sticks in my head. Da, 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 de, 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 de. Yeah. I can see why I got to get right. that down. That's yeah. really like yeah. catchy, you know. Um, I think I tend to go. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think I start with melody mm -hmm. usually uh, with what I write. I think that's usually the first thing that I that think, comes to me. Yeah. I think that's preferable. I mean, <laughs> right? No, no. I mean, like, I have to say that I think that's. Um, the times I personally get bogged down are when I think I'm leading a little too much with, with harmonic right um, I don't know mm -hmm. with, it, yeah, it's right. more fun to try to contextualize a melody and see where the melody see, goes exactly right. so yeah uh, right. um, one thing I really I almost uh, on those occasions when we have um, collaborators and couples and uh, partners who work we have a lot of married couples for some reason. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> well, really I, I, I can't, I feel compelled to ask, um, not if there's a formula, but if there's a general process by which your compositions arise, um, is, do you, do you match lyrics with a melody that he's handing to you or is there, are there occasions where well, it's the reverse? 100%. Everything of his that I've put lyrics to is um, it's already written. You know, he, he'll write the melody and then I'll put lyrics to a melody that's already written. Um, with the tune that I wrote, it was actually, I approached it from, um, you know, chords first. Okay. And then I put the melody. Oh, um, but as far as the stuff we do together, it's always something he writes and mm. I say, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm hearing some sort of words uh, you know some sort of text with that let's let's see what we can come up with hmm. well yeah. that's that's quite a skill i have to say because i i i think that trying to fit words into a already existing um melody mm -hmm. can be a nightmare sometimes <laughs> but i thought that the way your the quarantine lyrics uh -huh. um it felt very natural, so I think oh, that's. Oh, good. A, I Thank think that's, you. No, I think that's a real gift. It took to, quite a few shots. Okay. Um, I, but you know, that's that's how it works. Yeah. No, no pun yeah. intended with the shots in quarantine, right? Oh. oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I think the pun was intended there. <laughs> just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> just like low-hanging fruit, you know. You there, yeah, it. there it is. <laughs> um, also, I just really quick. I also felt if you. Uh, well, I wanted you to talk a little bit about. Um, musical style a little bit and uh, I mean the first one seemed maybe Brazilian inspired rhythmically or am I wrong about that the and also and also, yeah. and yeah. also I yeah. felt if it, for my for me the um, 
Style-wise, I felt a lot of a, a mixtures of even um, musical theater, like in a Soundheimy sort of way, <laughs> creeping in there, along with a more, along with a more maybe, usually yeah. generally understood idea of what we mean by a jazz type uh -huh. vocabulary. But I felt like it was. I felt pop elements, cabaret elements, musical theater, and jazz, just a lot of things. Interesting. So I just, hopefully I'm not way off base. Uh, no, it's interesting. I did, it, well, originally I conceived the, the, the piece as, a, as an instrumental, which is basically what I do, and I've done, you know, hundreds of instrumental type tunes. Uh, and I did actually hear it as a, a samba, Maybe a little bit brighter than, but do do, but but you know, like kind of a straight up samba. It's and hard then, to get the words out faster. Well, exactly. So we kind of <laughs> had to bring it down when Louise threw the words in, and and then um, also, I think what the words were talking about made it feel like less samba. So mm. I think I kind of loosened loosened it up a little bit. Um, I think if I were doing it in an instrumental version, I would just have it. Well, maybe I'm maybe I, maybe I wouldn't. I'm not sure. Maybe it would be a little bit looser than a, just a kind of a straight up samba. Mm -hmm. But but it got a little more, more pensive, maybe slightly. Right? Yes, yeah. good. Yes, good word for it. Pensive, mm -hmm. dreamy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about about your um, compositional style? And, uh... uh. Well, like I said, I approached that from a. a chordal perspective um and I, I can't you know when i wrote that piece i was i was real i can i can remember the day that i started to write it i was doing some 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 work for a lesson with jerry and and i just i was like i played the wrong chord and i was like oh wait a second that's a nice little progression <laughs> right. hold on one second now okay now what if i went here and then i went up there right. and um you know and i'm not a great pianist i mean i've studied piano and all that but but you know, I just was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And before I knew it, I kind of had this this nice little chord progression that was not exactly your normal chord progression for writing. Right. There's some writing. surprises. Yeah. Um, but I just loved the way that it went together. So yeah. I I sat with that playing those chords for a long time, and then I got the melody. Right. Um, so I hmm. don't know that I can't really say that I was thinking about Sondheim or or anything. Right. Um, it was just, it, it came from uh, um, an exercise that I was doing for my lesson. Yeah. You know, and, mm. you know, it grew, it expanded. Well, it's, 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 sometimes people who don't play the piano but use the piano as a composition uh -huh. tool are not locked in to the shapes of chords. Right. Uh -huh. And they yeah. end up just doing things. <laughs> exactly. That they, don't, they don't know what they're doing, but because of that, yeah. They fall into something uh -huh. that's that's interesting because yeah. they're kind of they're not locked in as mm -hmm. sometimes a pianist can be, because of just shapes that we get used to. Yeah, doing. I can relate to that. I yeah. think it was I think it was definitely a little bit of that. Like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, hey. Yeah, right. yeah, so yeah. that explains the D flat uh, yeah. <laughs> over the F. No, that no, I get it. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't play it like that. No. It's well, my my dad was a composer and my mom was okay. a classical pianist, so oh. I, I grew up with. But, but my dad was um, a contemporary electronic music and, oh. you know, uh, kind of out stuff. So, huh. you know, when I was fooling around, I, you know, it, it may it may have sounded out to other people or, you know, like, a, like but I, to me it sounded fantastic. Yeah, yeah it didn't you know? sound, it doesn't sound, no, it's yeah, not out. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't, yeah. Right. So you don't you mind know. 
coloring outside the lines. I don't mind coloring outside <laughs> the lines at all. Right. <laughs> kind of what jazz is all about, mm -hmm. really. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Jazz Wahai has presented, I think, five years of like weekly jazz jams. Is that mm -hmm. right? Five? Well, I think and, uh, it depends on how you want to count the last year. It was year. five right before COVID, but right. then we went online. We went virtual, right. so we haven't so missed it. We'll, we'll, we'll call it six. We'll call it six. We'll call it a six. Yeah. Why not? Round up. Yeah. And uh, we have three different jazz festivals you've produced, monthly mm -hmm. jazz vocal series performances, uh -huh. numerous kids' concerts. Uh -huh. I mean, that's a lot of jazz. That's a lot of jazz. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot and of it, jazz. And it's still not enough. It's well, still not enough. Well, and that's, and that's funny because um, with all that jazz, you would think, but you would think that they, you would change the nickname of Little Dominican Republic to Little Big Easy up here because <laughs> yeah. there is such um, a scene for musicians, of course, like you can't walk down the street without hearing someone practicing or opera yeah, or, right. uh -huh. or something, yeah. um, musical theater or otherwise, jazz. Uh, but I think you've tapped into a scene. I'm curious, from your perspective, five, six years ago, like, did you see a scene here tapping into? Or did you feel like creating this um, organization, you were bringing something new to the neighborhood? I'd say yes yeah. to both, yeah. actually. Um, I, you know, I only moved to the hood in about, what, 2014. Louise had been here for 15 years. Yeah, I moved year, here in like, like 1998. That. So we, um, so I was here, you know, uh, I had been playing jazz in Boston for a thousand years and I was kind of new here and I kind of needed to meet people. So we would go to a lot of jam sessions and some of them were great, some of them were really a drag, and um, so we decided to create one up here, but we had already had started to meet some people in the, in the neighborhood, and we thought if we could do it here, and look at all these musicians who are here, and mm -hmm. everybody has to go downtown, you know, and kind of sit around and, and, you know, wait to jump up on the stage for, you know, 16 bars and then this. So anyway, so it just became a, it became a thing, and it grew. And the fact that it was in a one place uh, every week, and we had some, you know, people who would show up every week to play, and people who would show up every week to listen, and um, it just kind of grew. And, and out of that, and we were really committed to it. I mean, we, we were committed were very to committed. like, no, sorry, we can't. We, if something came up on a Wednesday, nope, sorry, we can't do it. We got the jam. Right. We were really committed to it. I mean, we didn't even. It can take a think of maybe once or twice where we had a gig but we didn't cancel it like you know we but we yeah we yeah we it, were, it survived i think because we were absolutely committed to keeping where that did jam that take going. place if you don't it place. was at la Cala, um, um 181 yeah. and, right. and cabrini yeah and we we live up the street so it made it very convenient <laughs> for yeah. us except less planning, convenient walking <laughs> home but sorry are you planning to resume that? uh we are planning to resume um possibly at la Cala. we have to la Cala's uh, done some renovations so yeah we're, we're, we have we're to kind of gonna go in and meet see. with them mm -hmm. and I think everybody's excited about somehow keeping it yes. going there, but yeah. so we yeah, have to go will, in and see the space. Again. And, okay. and then with all these people that we met and all these musicians, and you know, at a jam session, everybody comes in and you know plays rhythm changes or whatever. But so many of these people had their own projects and there's their own compositions and their own bands. So we thought it would be a really good way to have these friends that we met have a showcase. So we we came up with this. When I say we. We mean Louise, because that's, that's also part of the process. Louise has a great idea, and then we, like three months later, say, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Why don't we? Um, so the festival. Oh, so the festival, we came up yeah. with the festival idea, and it was much more successful than we thought it was going to be. So we kept 
we kept it up. And the third one basically ended three days before the city shut down last year. So um, yeah. that was kind of Amazing. fortuitous. It was kind of like officially the last good thing to happen in New York City, <laughs> I think. You know. um, Could you share a little bit about what that festival featured? Yeah. Um, the first one or just in general? general. Maybe, maybe in the, general. well, in general, maybe. They, well, they were all pretty yeah. much the, the same I, except yeah, expanded, I mean, yeah. I think it, the idea, and it, it's, it's loose, our, our rules are kind of loose, but the idea is that the people in the festival need to be somehow connected to Washington Heights okay. or somebody in, somebody in the band has to be connected and we're very loose about that, you know, like you, either you grew up here or you, you lived here when you were a kid or you come to our jam sessions all the time, but you live downtown, or, mm. you know. Yeah. Because we wanted to make it a, we wanted to connect it directly to Washington Heights, and we wanted the, mm. the musicians in Washington Heights to be featured. We want to have kind of a hometown, small town feel in the yes. middle of this yes. mm -hmm. big city. Yeah. And yes, get paid. Did we and mention yeah, that? Yeah, we wanted musicians to get paid. So, so. I think, the, so what we've been doing is the, the, uh, the Thursday night, we, you know, one thing we have is the, the vocal series, which happens the first Thursday. So for the past two years, that kind of coincided with the opening of the festival. So we'd have the vocal night on Thursday, okay. and then we would go over to Kismet Restaurant on Fort Washington, which on, Friday. on Fridays, uh -huh. because they had been doing uh, live jazz there for a couple of years. So we said, all right, well, we'll just do the live jazz there, and it'll bring your kids, it'll be a big hang, and people would come sit in, and, uh, and then Saturday, was, was all, the, day all day at Michaela, I think nine or ten consecutive starting the, acts. Starting with the kids set at like ten in the morning, and then the the rest of the stuff would start at like eleven thirty. Yeah, and go, and till go till about eleven at night. night yeah, okay. and then for the first couple of years, it was also um, daylight savings time, so we got to go home, lose an hour of sleep, <laughs> wake up the next day, and there was a brunch at at Kismet Jazz Brunch, and then later that afternoon we would close it out at uh, one eighty one Cabrini uh, with. Well, I guess we've been doing some some Latin bands there, and it was kind of like a little Latin dance yeah, party. Totally it was, it yeah, was, totally fun. Yeah, totally great. <laughs> so, do you guys have a? I mean, for our listeners out there who are into jazz and music generally, like how would if they wanted to just know what you're doing with Wahai and get involved or go see like where where would they go? To Jazzwahai.org. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. got all all we list everything that we're doing. Uh, if you're so inclined and and feel like donating, you can mm -hmm. go. So we are a 501c3. Yeah. You can do that there. But it, you go to the events page and you can see what we're doing. Um, it's, and we've got the festival listed for next November, and we've been doing virtual weekly virtual live concerts from the Kismet Facebook page, kind of. Keeping keeping the Friday at Kismet ahead, uh, keep going. And, yeah, we've been um, we've, Jaswell has been sponsoring the music at Kismet every Friday for virtual over, since since like last year, April. Yeah, yeah, so, and um, we've been doing uh, now we've kind of been doing jam sessions in Bennett Park on hmm. Tuesday afternoons, and that's you know it just it, from four to five. Boy, it feels so yeah. good. Oh <laughs> man, Woo. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And, yeah, and uh, just whatever whatever else, it's all it's all on the website, and it's. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I applaud you for keeping <laughs> the ball rolling. I think that's that's incredible to not stop and find a way of preaching positivity and creativity at this time and giving people an option to be heard musician-wise. Right. And I'm curious um, if you'll continue to produce virtual and in-person events as we drift towards um, 
herd immunity, if you will. Well, that's that's yeah. that's a that's maybe we'll have we just kind of have to see what the what the landscape looks like. Um, yeah, you know, are, are you happy with the virtual events? Like, are, like, are, well, you know, the, the nice thing about the virtual events, I'm sure you've all figured out, is that people all over the world can come. Right. Mm -hmm. So relatives or whoever wants to hear mm -hmm. you that live in California. Yeah. They they're can, listening to you right now. Right, they are. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's there's nothing like being in the room, you know, being yeah. in the room. So there could be a there, mix. There may be. If, well, in fact, I think we're looking at for the next for the next virtual uh, for the next vocal series, which has been virtual since last April. We are actually having the the singer the the artists come to our living room. Oh, cool. And they're right. doing it, so it's going to be virtual, mm -hmm. but we're going to have a very, very small, limited uh, audience of vaccinated folks. Mm -hmm. um, very nice. So that may be like a new hybrid method that really works. So, you know, the one thing about this whole pandemic is that we are learning new skills and we are learning uh, new ways of approaching and new ways of presenting, um, which we yeah. don't want to substitute, but it can be like enhancement, you know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Mark the and Louise. The landscape has changed. The oh, landscape sorry. is changing. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, Mark and Louise, um, what are you going to present next? I think you have another song. Oh yes. To... Uh, well, interestingly enough, this is a, this is a tune I wrote. Uh, I don't know in the mid '90s called "Too Much," uh, and the reason it's interesting because I was thinking that this also, this also happened in a dream. <laughs> Not everything I do does, but it just happens. And this is, uh, for many years when I was in Boston, I had a band, uh, a quintet, I called it the five-piece trio, and then we added a sixth guy to it just to confuse everybody. Um, and we, this was like a working band, which was fabulous because it was, it, I had, I had people to write for and, so I was just kind of cranking out tunes. Anyway, so this this is one, and this 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 tune, <laughs> as you may hear, uh, it really it it's originally written for and recorded by by the quintet. So you'll notice the absence of drummer, especially at the end. Uh, anyway, so this is called too much because I believe I kind of woke up in the middle of a night with like you know like oh man I got to do this I got to do this what am I gonna do? I got to do this this and so it was like oh too much, and so. You can hear it kind of starts out with this big too much. Actually, those are the words. Did you sing them? <laughs> so this is this is uh, Louise as the horn section and me as the rhythm section. No lyrics for this one. It, no. It goes along pretty fast. It's, it's pretty sprightly, shall we say? No lyrics yet. No lyrics yet. Yet, exactly. Um, and just one more thing about writing lyrics. It just came to me, but you know, I've you've written how many pieces, Mark? Many, many. Many. Uh -huh. Tri triple digits. Over a hundred. Yeah. But you know, and every single piece. He's got a story for it. <laughs> so when I put lyrics to his mu music, I'm very cognizant that I'm that it's his music and his story. Hmm. So I, I I really try to think about that when I'm writing the lyrics, so that it, it becomes it, it doesn't it takes on his original it keeps his original meaning. Right. You're not co-opting his. Uh, idea. Yeah, exactly. Right. We I did a tune for gosh it was my dad's 60th birthday, which was quite some time ago. Uh, and it was so basically it was a tune for him, and uh, I called it Bebop Swinging from the Trees" because his name is Bob, and he kind of does things like swing from trees. Yeah, he's, so um, he's active. He's active. Uh, so Louise kind of went with that, and there's all. And I think you have a little Tarzan. I, I call have a little Tarzan it. call in the middle of that one. Perfect. We should have done that, but next time. Next time. Who yeah. doesn't like a good yodel in the middle of a jazz tune? You know what? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Perfect. Well, uh, all right. So I this think whatever question you asked, I think that answers it. <laughs> well, let's listen to it now. Once again, jazz well high. Too much. Too much. That was just delightful. Oh, uh, thank, so, you. thank you. So, 
we know where Jazz Wahai is. Do you also have individual pages? Where can listeners go to follow you and keep track of all that you do? Well, um, social media wise. Yeah, they can go to our Facebook page, and I have Jazz Wahai Facebook page. Yeah. And they could go to Louise Rogers. I have a Facebook page. I have a Jazz Vocalist page, and I have just my normal page. Mm -hmm. um, and I do have my own website, Louise Rogers Jazz. Dot com. If you if you just Google <laughs> Louise Rogers, you're gonna get some amazing looking bodybuilder, which is <laughs> which a, is a, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although uh, it could be if I really yeah. worked at it. <laughs> uh, let's see. We do uh, Instagram. I think we have Instagram. Uh, Jazz Wahai, J A Z Z W A H I. Uh, so you can do that. Um, mm -hmm. Mark Cross is with two Ks. M A R K K R O S S. Uh, MarkRoss.com, uh, but I think we keep the, the Jazz Wahai page a little bit more updated with yeah. uh, with what's going on. We need um, a secretary. <laughs> we, need, we need interns. <laughs> we need interns. <laughs> I understand that for yeah. sure. Uh, by, the, by the way, some great scouting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Nice. Well, listeners, you'll be able to find uh, a few of those links on uh, this on air's episode page. Oh, when nice. We, when we post it up there. So I just want to say, uh, again, uh, thank you to Louise and Mark. Uh, oh, thank you for, so Thank much. you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us. My pleasure. Uh, it's been great having you join us today on this live and local episode of In What Artworks On Air. Again, it's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all kinds who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Thanks so much to 809 Restaurant and Lounge for hosting us and TheHeightSites.com for local uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks South Fresco, pop-up galleries, live performances, and so much more. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council, and in part by a grant from the NYC and Company Foundation with partial support from Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims. I'm Jonathan Bell. For Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>